Hello everyone, Brian here. If you'd like to support the Head Games Podcast, I encourage you to check out our Patreon page over at www.patreon.com forward slash headgamespodcast, games spelled G-A-M-S, of course. There's all kinds of exclusive content and perks waiting for you over there, so please go ahead and check us out, and thank you as always for your support. everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of the Head Games Podcast. I am your host, Brian Gottlieb, joined, as always, by Mr. Jonathan Carter. Hello, Jonathan. How are you doing so far this new year? A little sleepy today, but mostly 2019's been pretty solid so far. Well, you better pick it up. It's time for Head Games, man. We <laughs> come with is. energy, effectiveness. I'm my head in the game. There you go. Right nice, now. Right nice topical now. reference. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wanted to check in on last week's episode. I got so much tremendous feedback on this episode. Maybe the most feedback I've ever gotten on an episode of Head Games. It seems like people appreciated our message. And I, I think you did a really nice job, Jonathan, of you know having a very clear and effective framework for people to use in achieving some goals this coming year, while simultaneously presenting the problems you have with using New Year's as this jumping off point but still being supportive of anyone who wants to make these kind of changes. And that includes you and I, right? We're in this new year thing. Mm-hmm. We're doing new stuff. It, it sounds like things are going well on your side. Is that correct? Yeah. I had a bunch of people reach out to me about my uh, future foray into better social media. So I appreciate everyone who messaged me on Twitter. I had some recommendations. I have some people who are like, ready to answer questions. And generally what I said is I, I don't know what questions I'm supposed to ask yet but like when i get to the point of of n- knowing the right question uh it's cool that i have those those resources so started using tweet deck are you familiar with tweet deck uh i think i use it at some point it's just essentially a, a better twitter client is that correct yeah and it like lets you it's amazing what gets filtered like if oh, i yeah. look at that versus my actual twitter there's yeah. so many Things that was missing. Uh, so like that allows you to like manage different parts of it. So that's that's kind of neat. Uh, started reading a book, which I mentioned I wanted to do. And I, I decided to pick one that's related to building a brand. Two okay. birds, one stone. There. Yeah, yeah. Hitting both your goals. Nice. Yeah. So, so far, so good. How about you? Well, uh, along those same lines, I was reached out to by a listener of ours who actually works for Snapchat. And offered to walk us through everything we need to know about it. <laughs> no way. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't want to name them on the cast. I don't know if they want to, uh, you know, be publicly outed like that. But yeah, they offered to to coach us through the Snapchat game. Uh, <laughs> I, I said that maybe at some point for my business, I should learn more about Snapchat. But uh, you were the social media guy right now. And I, yeah. I'm pushing that off on you. Okay. That's really funny. I had a friend... Uh, I was at a like music and gaming festival over the weekend and he actually he like at one point he's like, take out your phone. Like, okay. He's like, you're opening Snapchat right now. And then he like showed me how to add him on it. I was like, okay, well, 
thank you. That's like that's like one step toward, <laughs> towards it. So I've now added a person on Snapchat. So I'm basically an advanced user at this awesome. point. Awesome. Yeah, you're you're far past where I am. So I'll give you that credit. Um, as far as my own goals, I have been eating particularly well this new year. I went to both the eye doctor and the dentist, which is certainly part of my health that I want to keep better track on. So things feel good for this new year. And I, I think using your framework, thinking a lot about potential obstacles, thinking about potential benefits, preparing for both of those things in advance has been very helpful thus far. So I, I appreciate your contribution. I know our listeners do too. It sounds like things are going well for both of us. So let's keep the momentum going in the new year. Mm-hmm. As, as far as some other things I've had going on this past week, I had a moment this week and I was thinking about how to bring this to the cast because it was really poignant for me and really led me to thinking. And then we got to brainstorm about what we were going to talk about. And it turns out you actually had the perfect topic to address this. But let me give the story and then we'll seg you into our topic. So this week I've been watching a lot of AGDQ. And yeah, me too. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar. For those of you who are not, AGDQ is a speedrunning marathon. Essentially, people who are very good at certain video games come together and they hang out in this hotel ballroom for about a week straight. They play these video games as fast as they possibly can. People watch and donate tremendous sums of money in support of cancer research. They generate literal millions of dollars every year doing this. It's such an amazing, amazing event. It does so much good for their community, the speedrunning community, and also just the world at large. Generating that kind of money for cancer research is an incredibly admirable feat. And, and so it's this really positive, really special event. I look forward to it when it comes around uh, twice a year. So biannually, I guess, I, I'm, I'm always there watching AGDQ, at least in fits and spurts. Mm -hmm. But I, I saw something this week that really struck me. And while AGDQ is certainly this atmosphere of positivity and there's so many great things going on, occasionally, occasionally I found that someone who is participating in the proceedings, and let me give a little background for people who don't watch. Essentially, the way an AGDQ run works, and a run is someone playing a particular video game very fast, is that one person is playing and behind that one person is a row of commentators. And they provide information. They help narrate what's going on for viewers because a lot of times speed runs are very complicated. So it helps to have someone kind of bridge the layman into a place of understanding so they can see mm -hmm. what's going on. Well, and not the person who's trying to do these like frame perfect inputs. Like correct, correct. <laughs> it would be it would be way too much for the person actually playing the game to have to keep track of all this and and narrate as they go along. Uh, so there's often someone in the background who's doing this task. Every so often, someone in that role is so transparently bitter and passive aggressive about the fact that they are not the person who is playing the game on stage. They're not the one in the spotlight. They make it very clear with kind of like subtle jabs and constantly referencing their own experiences. Oh, when I did this game two years ago, I didn't do this or, you know, something mm -hmm. along those lines. And this is an isolated incident. I don't want to make it sound like this is happening all the time, but when it shows up in such a positive environment, it's really jarring and right. off-putting. And I got to thinking about what causes a person to take that stance where they have the opportunity to be at the showcase of their community and really lift someone up and support someone why do they cho choose instead to tear someone down? And I got to thinking a lot about my own opportunities and things I've gotten to do. And 
I can say authoritatively that there is not a single opportunity I've been given in my life, of which there are many, some maybe deserved, some maybe not deserved, but I've gotten many opportunities and none of them came from me putting someone else down and trying to make myself seem better than the person who was currently doing the task. And it was so strange to me that that was the approach that these people would take. And then you brought something to me that kind of illuminated the situation a little bit. And I'm going to let you transition to talking about one of your favorite topics I know, and that's mindset. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm actually shocked we haven't addressed it, until, at least in, in depth until episode 18. Because um, uh, I even had a friend ask me recently, like, what are my, my favorite topics to talk about relating to just everything I do? And like mindset is hands down like go-to. So it's cool that we get to talk about it. It's it's also really interesting that AGDQ paints like such a, a, a good example in that. And, and again, like it's, it's, it's a rare occurrence when it happens because right. like listening to Brian describe like the, the event is so positive and it's just like they're just playing fun video games the entire time and breaking them and just see that in that setting. It's just, it, it takes you away from it. But essentially... Carol Dweck is the biggest researcher in mindset. Uh, She has a book called Mindset. It's pretty easy to read if you are interested in this topic after you listen to us talk about it. But basically, there are two mindsets. Uh, We have a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And depending on what your mindset is for a given belief or a skill, it impacts how you interpret the world. And so a a fixed mindset is overall just a belief that whatever skill you have is a fixed quantity. It's, it is where it is. It's not going to go up or down. Uh, So like right now, wherever you are at in a given skill or, or like quality, like that's that. So if you suck at math, like that, that's where you are forever. If you're smart, you're there forever. If you're, not a good leader or are a good leader. Like no matter what it is, that, that quantity is set. It was set when you were born. It's going to be there for the rest of your life versus a growth mindset is quite the opposite. Like you have a certain ability level now in a given skill or a certain amount of a quality and you're just not at a different point yet. And, and uh, Carol Dweck, contrast like the now versus yet of these. So it's not that like, let's say I'm not good at math right now. It's just, I'm, I'm not I'm not good at math yet. And, and what that means is that if I put effort into it and I, and I do certain things that I can actually increase that quality. So this was fascinating to me because for me, and, and I think there's always like a spectrum of these two different mindsets at play. And I, I think it can mm-hmm. change on a per task basis. I I think still to this day, there are many, many tasks that I approach with a fixed mindset. Maybe Snapchat is one of them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, perfect. Yeah. But there's, there's always going to be things that we are more inclined to lean towards that fixed mindset. But if I look at my, I don't want to use the word success, just my general advancement through life, the, mm-hmm. the periods where I was making significant strides in whatever goals I was holding, it's very clear to me to trace that 
to holding a growth mindset in the vast majority of things that I was mm. approaching. And I would say right now, the vast majority of tasks I take on, I do so with a growth mindset. If I look back to troubled times in my life, times where things weren't going so well, where I didn't have a lot of goals, a lot of interests, I wasn't accomplishing a whole lot. I was just kind of squeaking by and paying my bills and existing. And those were often times where I was approaching everything I did with a fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. And I think as we move through analysis of these two mindsets and how they differ, I'll have some more examples of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's really interesting. They've done tons of studies on just the the brains of people with fixed versus growth or even just uh, like scores of, of kids taking tests. And so like they looked at, they took fMRI scans, which basically just shows you activity in the brain. They had the people in the study like do a task and then they encountered an error uh, like along the way while they were doing the, the, the activity or the, the challenge or whatever. And the people with a growth mindset, like their brain was like bright red and like fired up because it was thinking and it, it was, it wasn't like stopping because of the error. It was trying to figure out like, okay, how do I, how do I fix this? How do I get past it? And the people with a fixed mindset just had like basically no brain activity when they encountered that error. So it, like this is, it, it's pervasive and it, it, it impacts everything we're doing relating to a task based on where we are on that spectrum. Yeah. I think about people, you know, I've worked with in the past or, you know, people in my life who uh, get very frustrated when they're faced with hurdles and challenges and just kind of Mm -hmm. shut down. And I I mean, like no brain activity is a little bit much. I'm not going to say they have no brain activity, but at the same time, you, you don't see that same level of engagement. There's the kind of like this, fired upness that people with a growth mindset really take when they have something in front of them that they need to overcome. They start, they get out their pens and paper, they start brainstorming, they start thinking of ways to overcome this obstacle, to to, ha- to bring positivity to the situation. Whereas people with fixed mindsets just kind of shut down. Oh, this is going to mm-hmm. happen anyway. It's inevitable. I'll always do this in this spot. Yeah, I've, You've heard all these things. If you've been around any competition, you know the type of people who can shut down in these situations. Yeah. And the fixed mindset's a bit like, uh, so for for me to make sense of this, I like tying fixed and growth and, and we're going to talk through a bunch of qualities of them. I like tying it to a, a certain belief. So if we just talk about s- intelligence or smarts, like if someone has a fixed mindset about their intelligence, they believe it's at a certain point. And so you mentioned challenges, like they are only going to engage in activities that they believe fall at or below where their intelligence can handle it. And they're going to avoid challenges that would be like hard, like too smart for them because with a fixed mindset about smarts, like they just want to look smart. And if they were to engage in a task that's too hard for them, that they're not smart enough for quote unquote in their head, it'll make them look dumb because they they don't believe that their smarts are going to get any better. And so they'll never be able to complete that task. And so if they were to just do that activity, they, they think they're going to fail because they can't change how smart they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, thinking back to my own life, if you've ever seen someone you love move from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, it's one of the most inspiring things you can 
ever go through. Uh, having someone who's very close to me, I, I've seen this dramatic change where they, when I met them, were a fixed mindset person. And now they are one of the biggest growth mindset people I know. And it's like opening up this incredible world of possibilities within a person. Yeah. And I mean, look, this isn't about me plugging our podcast. If you have someone who you think has a fixed mindset, bring them this episode. Let them think about <laughs> these type of considerations for a little while and see if you can get them to maybe open up and move towards a growth mindset a little bit because the kind of change it can inspire in someone is really jaw-dropping. Yeah. And this is me. Like uh, I would say the same. We mentioned you, know, you might not be successful with a fixed mindset, but you can also be successful. So when I first learned this, and, and this is probably a part of why this, this topic is so interesting to me, it shattered my worldview when I learned about fixed mindset because it explained my entire like childhood, adolescence, college career in academics because growing up, like I was a very successful student. I'm fortunate to have a brain that just handles a lot of stuff that academics throws at you. And so with that success, my parents, my mentors, my teachers, whenever I did something successful, they would tell me how smart I was. And if I looked at the results, like, well, yeah, look, they're right. Like I did well on this. They said I'm smart. So therefore, because I'm smart, this is why this is happening. So that's a very fixed picture of intelligence. Like I just believed that I, I, I was smart. Like I was at that certain level and it wasn't limiting in the sense that I thought I couldn't handle things, but what it did do is bred these behaviors in me where like, okay, I am smart enough to do this stuff, so I don't need to try. And that doesn't impact test taking time. But if I think of like any class that had repetitive homework, so for me, like foreign language comes to mind or math, like I was very, very good at math, but I hated hated, 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 like nightly homework in math, like where you just had to show all your work. And it was just so tedious to me because I knew the answer. And that's fine for, for me. Like, but, but if you hand in that homework, like you just don't get a good grade. So like I never suffered massively from it, but like that does impact your grades a little bit. And it also, it robbed me of the learning. Like if I just assume I know the answer, I'm not going to like learn the logic behind certain things. And so sure, I was still being successful with a fixed mindset, but <laughs> looking back constantly, teachers would say stuff like, oh, you're not living up to your potential. <laughs> and it makes so much sense once I understand this whole idea about mindset. Yeah, I, I would share my experience, except it's, it's exactly the same. So there's no reason for me to just rehash <laughs> everything you went through. It was identical. In my case, I just refused to do homework throughout high school. Like, I, I don't think yeah. I brought a book home once in high school. And my grades were really bad. I mean, I, I literally had a zero on all homework throughout high school. Uh, and I barely graduated. And there was a reason for that. It was the most fixed mindset, the most unhealthy mindset you could possibly develop. And eventually, I was able to work out of that. But it took a long time. And, you know, my mm -hmm. experience mirrors yours very closely. Yeah. And so like that's, it's coming from a different angle of it for both of us. But for someone who let's say doesn't think they're smart enough to do something like that, we mentioned they're not going to engage in challenge. They're also going to 
as soon as they encounter an obstacle, so a situation where their smarts aren't enough, they don't try something different or seek out help. They just run. Like <laughs> they they run from difficulty. They they get out of the way. Like okay, that obstacle. Well, someone else can get that, but I'm I'm not good enough to do whatever it takes to get over that obstacle. So, well, I'm just going to stop. Yeah, I think even, you know, if we're just tracking intelligence through these steps, I don't think that's unique to people who say they're not smart enough to do things. I think people who have this inflated opinion of themselves, oh yeah, they reinforce it so carefully, right? Like you don't expose yourself to the chance to appear like an idiot. If you're mm-hmm. using this fixed mindset where you say, I'm so intelligent, I don't, I don't need to do this, I don't need to do that. Well, you're avoiding the things that would challenge you and make you feel not intelligent. Again, it's something that I did for years and years. It wasn't like in that time that I wasn't doing my homework. I was seeking out other more challenging homework. I was just doing nothing. I, I was not taking advantage of the possibility of learning whatsoever. And it very mm-hmm. much tracks with this tendency of people who have a fixed mindset to just give up, to not deal with challenges. Yep. And like we've we've danced around this idea of effort a little bit, but people with a fixed mindset just don't see the point in trying. And it makes sense logically. Like if you think about it, if in my mind, I believe that for intelligence, like I just have a certain amount, like I have X amount of intelligence. Well, then <laughs> and you and I are living examples. Like why am I going to try? It's not going to do anything. It It's just busy work. I'm not going to move the needle left or right. Like the, the needle on my intelligence is where it is and it is glued there. So why am I going to do stuff? Like that's just a waste of time. So as far as effort goes, I think that there's, there's something that we all have the capability to tap into. And sometimes it's easier to tap into it with certain topics does that make sense? Like even me as the most fixed mindset person in the world at a point in my life where I was just like, certainly I held this belief when it came to homework or a, a lot mm-hmm, of things. Mm-hmm. When it came to training for football, I, I lived in the gym, right? I, I knew that I could gain points for my effort there. When it came to magic, you know, my effort was there. It was focused on that topic. It wasn't like yeah. I just gave up when it came to those things. So uh, again, it points to the possibility of not only a growth mindset person reverting to a fixed mindset when it comes to certain tasks, but a fixed mindset person having things where they're willing to take on a growth mindset. They just speak to you on a different level. And for whatever reason, you flip that switch. And it shows that we all have that capability to apply growth mindset to everything we take on. We just choose not to in a lot of instances. Yeah, like if I were to visualize it, I think of like if we were to list all of our skills, all of our qualities that every like that we have inside of us, like each one is this like slider bar from fixed to growth and they're not all aligned. Like what something you might be very very fixed and if someone encountered you just doing something completely different, they would think you had a growth mindset because you do about that. And so you don't have to have the same mindset about everything in your life. And so for you, yeah, like athletics and magic growth mindset, you saw the point of effort there. And it doesn't make you silly that that didn't translate to uh, like your academics. It's just, this isn't a concept that I was aware of growing up and like, neither are you. (laughs) Yeah. I I think it should serve as a point of inspiration for people, right? Like if we're, if we're moving through this discussion and you're listening and you're going, wow, I've really taken a fixed mindset 
to a vast majority of my life. Well, think about the points where you haven't, where you have gone with a growth mindset and start thinking about how you develop that growth mindset, how it's mm-hmm. affected your life. That I, I would wager a very large amount that every person on the planet has something they approach with a growth mindset. I, mm-hmm. I truly believe that. We all have like that passion point where even if it fades sometimes too, you know, maybe those sliders aren't fixed. Maybe they're going left and right all the time. And sometimes you have the fixed mindset and other times you have growth mindsets. If you can find points where you have a growth mindset and really dwell on what is shaping your mental processes around that task, I think that's really useful in bringing that back to other parts of your life. Yeah. And I think something that helps a lot of the time is pulling in other people. And that's that's like a, a portion of, of each mindset too. So like people with fixed mindsets, they are really bad about feedback because someone pointing out something that you did wrong, like if you have a, a belief that you're you're fixed in that area, it kind of sucks. Because like, like if you tell me I'm bad at something or you, you tell me something I did wrong, if I, if I believe that I can't change it, you're just pointing out something that I'm bad at that maybe I'm not aware of. And now my brain's processing that as like, well, okay, like you're always going to be bad at that. That is awful. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that. And then your AGDQ example, uh, people with a fixed mindset are threatened, annoyed by hostile to the success of others because if my belief is that I have a fixed amount of something, so if I, like, I'm only so smart, if I see one, see somebody succeed at something that I don't think I'm smart enough to do, in my mind, that person is forever going to be smarter than me because neither of us are going to change how smart we are. Yeah. And obviously, this is the point of this discussion that really triggered the callback to yeah. this AGDQ situation for me. But I mean, I've seen it in so many different fields. I see it in content creation. Mm -hmm. I saw it in lawyering. I saw it in academics, all of these places. I'm sure you've come across the people who are almost obsessed with the success of others. Mm -hmm. Always like a derisive comment for someone who's achieved a lot or, you know, as opposed to in instances where other people are focused on accomplishments, they're focused on, well, they didn't do this they didn't accomplish this. Why didn't they do this as well? And there's there's always some way to put a person down if you're looking for it. Mm-hmm. And that's what was going on in this instance I saw. It, it was someone with a fixed mindset really having a hard time that people were responding well to someone who was in the same pursuit, the same field as they were. And I see it a lot in like the Twitterverse for Magic the Gathering, you see people who are very threatened by the success of others. They bring a lot of negativity to uh, content creators, to broadcasters. And I think one of the big kind of dividing points is back on that criticism line. It's not only how people receive criticism, but it's how criticism is delivered as well. Mm. I think people with a fixed mindset not only don't take criticism well, but they don't deliver it well either. They don't right. they don't know how to get to, you know, what's actually important, how to convey ideas to someone without directly attacking them. This comes up a lot too in areas where like, you know, a lot of times in in my job, I am speaking on something that 
the creators of Magic have done to the game or, you know, something they've produced for the game. And I try to be very careful when providing feedback to make sure my feedback is more useful than just derisive because being derisive mm-hmm. doesn't, it doesn't accomplish anything. Like there needs to be an action point that I'm providing that I'm saying, you've done things this way. Is that really what's best for the health of the game? Is that really what's best for the health of players? Have you considered this option? I try to be very careful about that in delivering criticism. I think frustration can be a real bane of a growth mindset. Uh, what's your opinion on that? I, I think when people are kind of fed up and angry and you know feel like they're at their wits end and there's nothing else to do, they can revert to a fixed mindset a lot of the times because obviously you know I, I'm talking about an obstacle you can't ac- overcome mm-hmm. and an effort that isn't meaningful. Frustration engenders all of these feelings in us and will definitely push us back to the fixed side of the scale. Yeah, it feels just like that could very easily just set up this loop where you encounter something that's frustrating, you're frustrated, so then it changes your behavior or perhaps you start thinking that you can't overcome whatever it is that's frustrating you and that makes you more frustrated. And yeah, I could definitely see that that building more of a fixed mindset. So fixed mindset people, what struggles are they going to face in their lives, what's going to be harder for them. Like you mentioned, these people can find success, correct? Yeah. I was very successful in academics. I I mean, you too. Like we both, we both have advanced degrees. Like clearly we figured something out. But what we don't know is if there was like more we could have done. So mm-hmm. like fixed fix mindsets can cap your potential because if you are not constantly seeking additional challenges or you're not analyzing what other successful people are doing, you're just kind of coasting. You're accepting that there is a a certain limit and that it's like you're on this predetermined path of here's the best I can get to and that's where I'm going to go. Right. I think we've talked a lot about fixed mindset Let's move on to the positive side of things. Yeah, let's Let, get to the good stuff. <laughs> let's talk about people who approach things with a growth mindset. I, I'd love to hear you know, your own instances of situations where you embraced a growth mindset, how it benefited you. Talk us through people who are on the other side of the spectrum and are, are apt to use a growth mindset. Actually, hold on. Let me stop you before we do that. I, I have a question that just sprung to mind. Mm-hmm. Sure. Are we the best people to identify our own mindsets? Like, do you think it's fair for me to be a judge of whether I have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset? Or is it something that we really need help in identifying? Hmm. I think it's very good to be able to take stock of where you fall. Uh, It's just not always easy. Hmm. So I think if you can come to that realization on your own and it takes a whole lot of self-reflection and honesty to like be real with where you fall in a given belief about this. Um, I, I think other people can definitely point it out more. The problem is if you're really fixed about something, you don't really like useful feedback. So right. it absolutely requires curiosity and awareness to even get to that step. I think other people are very useful for helping us develop more of a growth mindset. So if we identify an area of our life where we want to be more growth oriented, 
other people can accelerate like how how much we develop that because a, a lot of the qualities of people with growth mindset are are something that like you can get feedback on and if you then accept that feedback and and incorporate it that helps you become more growth oriented got you yeah cuz I, I mean i'm sitting here and i'm thinking to myself okay i'm a person who generally at least attempts to hold a growth mindset about things and mm-hmm. you know has worked hard to cultivate that kind of approach to life and I'm like, well, what what if people are listening to me and like, this guy is so full of it. Like he obviously is a fixed mindset person. He has no clue what he's talking about. Although the fact that I'm doing that kind of reflection probably points to a growth mindset, right? Like the fact that I'm turning Edwards and saying, well, can I improve on the spectrum of fixed versus growth approaches? That's a growth behavior in and of itself, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's it's fair to say that like, after a certain point of being mindful of how you approach challenges, how you approach obstacles, what kind of effort you put into things. And if you start to develop these like heuristics of, of what works and you're curious about it, you're open, you're, you're like constantly trying to improve that translates pretty well across skills, across beliefs it's possible that if you encounter something new, something novel that maybe you haven't been tested on before that, that can maybe default back to something a bit more fixed. So I think of like when I picked up hockey a few years ago, like it'd been forever since I skated, like, so I skated as a kid, but then like I've played sports my whole life. I played a ton of lacrosse and lacrosse and hockey. If you take the skates away, like, and just flip the sticks into the air, they, they seem pretty similar. Sure. So like I had a growth mindset about my ability to play hockey, but man, learning to skate is rough <laughs> and it's so frustrating to like have my brain want to do things on like in sports and like know where I need to be defensively. And then like my feet can't do it. Right. So like, I wasn't completely fixed in it, but like the the obstacle was definitely more frustrating or or I've talked in the past about how I handled that post injury and avoiding certain like really sharp turns because of the difficulty because of my fear of injury. So I, I think it comes back. It's just it's definitely not as pronounced. Got it. No, that makes sense. Uh, okay, I will let you talk us through growth mindset now. I have derailed this enough. <laughs> Tell us what it what it means to hold a growth mindset. Yeah, and a lot of this, like it's almost the opposite of what we what we're talking with fixed. Right. Why it matters is just like overall, whereas if you if you have a fixed mindset about something, you're capping your potential, you're you're just on cruise control basically. A, a growth mindset, if you think about how we interpret all of these things in a growth way, like that opens the door to higher potential, higher achievement, skill development, et cetera. So if we think about challenges with, with someone with a fixed mindset, they they avoid them because they're trying to look smart. They're trying to just prove what they already know. Somebody with a growth mindset believes that they can develop skill. They can develop intelligence. So challenges in our, are an opportunity for growth. Um, and we think back to like when I mentioned the the brain scans, like somebody with a growth mindset, their brain is firing all over the place when they encounter an error because that error is their first oppor- like not first opportunity, but it's an opportunity to like embrace that challenge and learn something. So with a growth mindset, you're just 
taking all of these opportunities as like, it's not, it's a challenge. I keep changing the word challenge and opportunity, but I think with a fixed mindset, you don't see as an opportunity and with a growth mindset, you do like a challenge is just a chance to get better. So there's two things I want to reference in regards to where I did a, I think I did a good job of developing a growth mindset where in the past I may have taken a fixed mindset. The first was in law school. Law school in a lot of ways feels unfair. I mean, like your entire performance is based on one test, usually. Usually there's no grades throughout an entire semester, just a final. These finals are strange and murky and a lot (laughs) of things are open to interpretation and they don't feel like a hard science. A lot of times it's impossible to pinpoint this would be the right answer. This would be the perfect answer I could provide to this question. They're not often multiple choice. And oftentimes when they are, you could get 10 very smart people in a room to debate a multiple choice question and have two for each answer and two more who have no clue which to pick and all have very compelling reasons for why they would assert their answer is the right one. So Which sounds pretty good if you're training lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> that just sounds like a good quality to have. It is. And <laughs> you're exactly right. That's part of what law school is about. It, it, it's about learning to argue every position. And there's a weird phenomenon in law school where you can basically get the question wrong and still earn a lot of points for doing so. And that frustrates a lot of people because that's a really hard thing to wrap your head around. But that's often the way exams in law school are graded. And I I think had I been confronted with this system at 21, 22 years old, I would have just been like, this is garbage. (laughs) This is unfair. Whatever happens, happens. I'm done with this. I'm fine with whatever grades I get. I, at an older and more mature age, took it as a challenge and Mm -hmm. tried to really figure out ways to work within the confines of that system. And eventually, it became something I thought I was very good at. I understood the way law schools tested. Does that make me a great lawyer? I have no idea. (laughs) I I still think like inherently there's something wrong with the law school process. But just as it stands as a process, I think I did a nice job of getting to the essence of it. Right. Embracing that challenge. Yeah. To me right now, right. that sounds like fun and fascinating, but yeah, it was. I agree. It if was we were to times. rewind like 15 years, I'd probably be like, nope, <laughs> this is stupid. Right. Right. <laughs> and the other point where I see this happen all the time is in Magic the Gathering, formats are very, they, they change all the time. And oftentimes formats present very different problems. Mm -hmm. And when I say format, that's generally the available cards you have to play with if you're not a magic player. I'll clarify that a bit. But but the available cards you have to play with change all the time. They present different questions, different problems. Some of the problems presented are more exciting and flashy and lend themselves to broader answers than other formats presented. Some are very static. They are built only around, say, two different acceptable decks. Only two decks really have a chance of winning, so you can rule out a huge portion of the available card pool. And people get very frustrated by that. And somewhat rightfully so, that it's not the optimal version of the game. Mm -hmm. But still, if you are trying to succeed at that game, you have to take it as it's presented to you. Right now, there's a, a lot of debate as to the proper way to even pursue a match of Magic the Gathering. One form is 
Best of One, which is being used on their new online software, Magic Arena, well as traditional Magic is played in a best of three fashion. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are very upset with the best of one format. The truth is it's it's just a different framework. It's just a new challenge. It's something new to learn. And whether it's the optimal version as you perceive it or not is kind of beside the point. It's the challenge that's in front of you at the time. And I think younger me would have been like, forget best of one. This isn't appropriate (laughs) magic. I'm done with this. Whereas growth mindset me is more inclined to say, okay, I I think there's ups and downs to best of one. If you gave me a choice, I would choose best of three, but I'm willing to pursue best of one and see what kind of new challenges are available in it. Right. And it just makes things so much more enjoyable and positive to approach things in that fashion. Well, and you see, I think it's really interesting when you take high performers in a given area and you, and you see how they interpret it. And if you look at like the people who are getting paid to play magic, like they might not all be happy about the change, but they are embracing the challenge because they recognize like if they need to compete and they need to get better, like that is part of the process. People with a growth, growth mindset also push through setbacks like this can be seen as a setback and you mentioned some setbacks in in law school but people with a fixed mindset will just give up in, in face of a, a setback or like you mentioned figuring out formats for someone with a growth mindset like the the setback is it's still annoying like it, it sucks to have setbacks like get in your way but they keep pushing through it because they know that they can develop the skills needed to to beat whatever that setback is. Right. Or it can at least attempt to and say, I tried right. my best right. and I failed. Yeah. Because there's going to be a lot of failure with obstacles always. But uh, I, whereas the fixed mindset will avoid that failure, the growth mindset will embrace it and say, I tried. This is what I thought would work. It didn't. Let's try something else. I think that's really important to what you said makes me think about like you could be listening to us talking fixed or growth and we might be painting the picture of like, well, if you develop a growth mindset, you can achieve anything. Kind of. There is like a limit to human potential or there's like a limit to your own potential. Most people don't approach that anywhere near it. So chances are, if you do continue to work on whatever it is you want to get better at, you'll get better, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to plateau or that it's going to be this speedy development. But yeah, I'm I'm not saying that like everyone can be an Olympian. If you started early enough, you probably could be, but like, obviously there's limits to this. It's not just like, put your mind to it and you can truly achieve things that break the laws of physics. Like there's a little bit of a limit to it. Right. But you can achieve more. Yeah. No one's disputing you can achieve more. Right. More seems better than less to me. I don't know. I'm I'm no math magician. That's (laughs) kind of how I look. Yeah. And and you achieve it through effort. Like we kind of stomped all over effort when we were talking about our own our own backgrounds or our fixed mindsets growing up. But like effort is how people get better. And it's what you'll see people with a growth mindset doing. They are putting in the reps, they're figuring out what it is that it is going to take to get better at something. So like I mentioned skating, like if I want to work on, let's say like a left side backwards crossover, like I recognize that repping that out over and over and over again and tweaking it each time I do it, that's how I get better. That's how it becomes more fluid. That's how it becomes intuitive. And it's the same thing for, for whatever we're trying to develop. Right. And Even if you have 
quote unquote mastery over the thing you're trying to develop, you still benefit from effort in that thing because there's always a new layer you can add, right? Like you're talking Mm -hmm. about a specific skating maneuver that you're trying to do. And even if you now think you have mastered that maneuver, you have it completely under your control. Well, there's something else you can add to the picture. Yeah, somebody pushing you. (laughs) Right. Turn your head in a different direction. Have the puck on the other side of your stick Mm -hmm. while you're holding that. There's so many wrinkles you can add to what becomes a very basic task that there's always some way to garner a little bit more out of it. Now, the question I think you really have to be debating in that instance is maximum return on it. Right. Right. Do you necessarily benefit from doing four hours of that every single day? No. There's other places to spend your effort. Time is finite. That's clear. But if you are forced to do that, You have a coach who maybe you aren't the biggest fan of their methods, but for whatever reason, they have you go out and practice this one maneuver three hours every single day. Those are the circumstances as you face them. Mm -hmm. Find ways to get the most out of those circumstances. Yeah. Put in more effort. And, And so effort, I think it pairs nicely with feedback. We mentioned that fixed mindset leads to discounting useful feedback. And I mentioned that other people are, are part of the best way to accelerate or to like develop a growth mindset. It, it's the type of feedback that people give. And so I mentioned growing up, like my parents, my teachers, my mentors, they all tied my academic success to my intelligence. They would tell me I'm smart, I'm intelligent, I'm so good at math, whatever it is. If, if you like rewind and you're, and you're like watching kid Jonathan go about his his academics like that does nothing for me like oh you got a hundred on this math test you're so smart like okay like guess I hope I wake up smart tomorrow and it works out for me again because like you're not giving me anything to do to practice and so if we're saying effort's important if you're in a coaching role or even if you're just a friend who's who knows someone else is trying to get better at something like the feedback you give them needs to be tied to what it is they're doing. So it needs to include the behaviors they're doing, the strategies they're attempting at whatever it is they're developing, because then they connect those dots. So if your kid does well on a math test and you notice that they studied X amount of hours the week before, if you tell them like, well, hey, Jonathan, like I noticed you were studying on Tuesday and Wednesday for math and you crushed this test that's probably why it, why it happened. Well, little kid Jonathan's going to approach his next math test by actually studying instead of just like hoping he wakes up Friday smart. Right. Uh, I think of a particular football coach I had, Coach Antho. He was my defensive line coach. He was he was a fantastic coach, and he came to our program in my junior year, I think. So I had been coached by someone else previously. And the development I made under his coaching was so dramatic. And so much of it came from the way he criticized because he was he was hard. He was hard to play for. He asked a lot of his players. But the thing was, when there were moments of success, he always, always broke down those moments of success. You know, if we were drilling something and as a defensive lineman, I had gotten to a position of really good leverage and was able to drive an offensive lineman back you know, three yards into the backfield. He would always take time to highlight, look at how you got your hand positioned in a certain way, see how you were able to, you know, come out low, use your leverage effectively. Mm -hmm. That's why you had this success. That's why you had this result. And focusing on those really kind of pronounced and precise 
things that you did effectively to get the result that you wanted meant so much more than just saying, nice result, good job, right. way to be in the backfield. That's meaningless. It means nothing. He instead broke down exactly how you achieved that goal, how you were rewarded by the effort you had put in previously. And he tied all of this together. And it, it's not a surprise that I had a period of tremendous growth mm-hmm. under his coaching. Yeah. And I think if you were to look at people like overall, we're we're pretty good at adding the why when we give criticism like negative, like this went wrong and here's why it went wrong. But overall, we're not very good at it on the praise side of the house. Like I think about, I coached lacrosse for a bit in college, well, in grad school, and I was not very good at this until I learned it. Like I would, if somebody messed something up, I'd have like a whole laundry list of things they could do differently hey, you want to be watching the hips, like here's how you want to move and yada, 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 yada. If someone was successful, it'd be like, high five, good job, awesome, crushed it out there, like keep it up. <laughs> and like that does absolutely nothing for a person. So if you are trying to help someone else get better or even if you're looking to get better, this is the type of feedback that you need or you need to give. And and why it is, is we, we know that effort is the, the key to mastery. Effort is how you develop a a skill and people with a growth mindset understand the power of effort. Well, you need to know where you're putting your effort and it's really hard to do that without feedback. You can even do it for yourself. We've mentioned like watching video of yourself or, or anything along those lines. Well, if you go back and you watch what you did, if you like, don't just focus on the things you did wrong. Think about what also led to your success and figure out why it was successful because that gives you something to replicate. And as you replicate the good behavior, that's how you accelerate skill development. Great advice. Totally agree. And then the last bit is when other people are successful, people who are great at things find other people who are great at things. Like they're not threatened by the success of others because someone else figured it out. And so that's, it's like cheating. Like if you see what someone else is doing, you can also do it. Whereas like fixed mindset, I don't know if you, if you had this experience in law school, but like when people fail tests, a lot of times they don't like find the person who crushed the test and then like learn from them. If they have a fixed mindset, they find the person who did worse just to feel better. I could see that happening. <laughs> Unfortunately, in, in law school, there was like no period of review. Like I said, you took one test uh, okay. and then you got your grades and you were usually Fair. on break when you got your grades. So it didn't really work quite that way. But I've seen similar behaviors replicated for sure. Yeah. I, I, like you mentioned it with magic. I think we see it in like any any esport, any sport really. Like people who have a fixed mindset, if they don't do well, they like very likely think to themselves of like, who's someone who's worse than me? And then it, like you feel better because you're not, you're not the worst. You know, someone else who's worse than you, but that doesn't do anything. If you instead thought about like, who's really, really good at this? Like, who could I learn from? What are they doing? And that's what you see elite performers do. They mimic the success of others. That's why success breeds innovation. We see people at the top of their game copying what someone else does, then like, doing a little innovation on it. <clears throat> like you see this in like X games, like any, any sport with tricks, like until someone did a 1080, like no one was doing a 1080 and now we're doing like, then you do a 1080 with like a certain grab or like anything along those lines. Like that only happens because people are trying to replicate the success of others and they're not being threatened by it. Right. Yeah, and I I think magic's another great place where this is on display. Yeah. People uh, embracing technology 
card choices that other players find, not feeling like they have to do something unique, acknowledging when someone cracked it, when someone figured out exactly the right tool and praising them and you know, not saying, well, I thought of that three months ago. That's, <laughs> that's not really useful. Yeah. It's useful to acknowledge, yes, way to find success with, with this thing. I'm really happy that you seized on this technology and did particularly well. I'll also say just from like a pure happiness standpoint, shifting to be someone who lifts others up, who mm. praises others, who celebrates the successes of others, it makes a really big difference in your happiness just because you get to share in so much more, right? If you get to truly be happy for someone else, it's like you have 10 times more successes to celebrate in your life because you're happy for their successes as well. Right. It can add a lot of joy to your life just to take on this embracing role as opposed to a role that's constantly putting someone else down. Yeah. And, and I think of that like it can also take shape in a friendly rivalry. Like if you are getting better and then that person's getting better and then that forces you to get better and like you're talking with each other and figuring it out and like pushing the envelope on things, like that is a fun process to be a part mm. of, like to, to be pushing greatness with somebody else. Yeah, you're you're spot on. I just I was thinking my wife and I have been playing a lot of Lost Cities lately. Are you familiar with Lost Cities? I'm not. So it's a, it's a two-player card game. It's really great. I really like it. It's by a very famous game designer whose name I would butcher if I tried to pronounce it. Ray, <laughs> Rainier, I believe is his first name. And then it starts with a K, his his last name. And I believe he is German. Not 100% okay. sure on that. I'm going to look this uh, up. Yeah, it's, it's a really fast, great two-player card game. It's very Sweet. simple. And my wife and I have been battling in it, like just ferociously <laughs> battling with each other, like playfully talking shit at each other while we're playing it. And it, it's been a lot of fun. And our strategies have evolved against each other because we only play with each other. I don't uh -huh. know if we're playing anything close to optimal Lost City strategies, but our strategies are developing within our own metagame. Yeah, like we know sweet. what each other wants to do. And it really is a lot of fun when I see her do something particularly clever. I'm really proud of her. It's like a happy moment for me, even when it's beating my face in and I'm kind of angry about it at the same time. It's still like, whoa, mm -hmm. you got me there. So you're, you're spot on. A good rivalry can do a lot for yeah. that kind of process of propping someone else it, up. It's interesting to think about it in like a board game context because sometimes we think of these concepts as like it has to be, you know, your your intelligence or your ability to do your job or whatever. But like, you mentioned having a growth mindset a bunch about a bunch of things and it's extending that too. Like I have a, a play group. We play a ton of terraforming Mars, which is a like pretty heavy board game, but there's like a ton of different asymmetric strategies in it. And it's never like, Oh, so-and-so beat me this time. It's like, we're sitting there immediately after the game is done and, and talking about the strategies we took and what we could have done differently and like how someone innovated. And then it just makes every single game really, really competitive and fun because we're, we're trying to get better instead of just accepting like, well, well, no, I suck or that's unbeatable. Like that strategy is cheap. Like any of those, any of those types of ideas. I, I think this points to something too. If you want to develop a growth mindset, I think one of the best things you can do is surround yourself with people who have a growth oh, mindset. Yeah. I think it's infectious and the desire to improve and learn, it spreads like wildfire and, you know, finding those type of people to integrate into your life can be a very positive thing. Yeah. And in thinking about you describing the card game with your wife and just how I'm talking about my various examples, a big part of it is just embracing the process and just understanding that the outcome will get there. 
And we talked a little bit about this when we were talking about our goals, how like you were talking about and asking me the difference between a really, really concrete outcome of like, a certain win or a certain like number to achieve versus taking the steps in between. Like the, the growth mindsets really takes place in those, the moments leading up to something. And then like the success just happens. It's it's about being curious about where you are right now and what the steps are you can take. It's moving from saying like, I'm dumb to I have a chance to get better. I have a chance to get smarter and just appreciating those chances, appreciating the process and embracing them. And it, it's through that development that you end up having this pervasive mindset across a bunch of areas of your life. Right, right. Anything else you want to add about growth mindset before we close the door on this topic? Just again, if you're sitting here thinking that you have this and you're doomed, well, that's that's a fixed mindset about fixed mindsets. If you if you look up online, I mentioned Carol Dweck. She has like this 10-minute talk and she talks about a lot of her work has been with kids and changing if you, if you develop a growth mindset in kids, you tend to see academic success because they are far more willing to embrace challenges, handle obstacles, et cetera. But this one kid wrote her and basically was saying like, I've wasted my whole life. And he like talks about going into like, he wanted to develop a better relationship with his parents, with his friends at school, with his, with his grades. And this kid's like single digits. And, and he just realized like all the time he wasted leaving, leading up until that, like having a fixed mindset was like wasted opportunity. Like, sure, we can't go back and change the mindset we've had leading into things, but you can absolutely change wherever you are right now. And so just be thinking about the areas of your life where you do want to get better and just know that there is potential and and this is the, the route through which you do it. Right. If you're here listening, I, I think you believe in that concept. You believe yeah. you can improve. You believe in your potential. You believe that you have more to learn. And, you know, that doesn't disqualify you from falling into a fixed mindset the same way that I still fall into a fixed mindset from time to time. You're allowed to make mistakes. You're human. You're not always going to be optimal, but you can work and try and be more optimal and try and push this growth mindset as far as you can. Hopefully, we are helping you along the way. Come back next week. We'll continue doing more growing, more learning as we play some more head games.